Welcome to the Just Think Podcast. My name is Carson, and I'm so glad that you are listening to today's episode. There is so much to be excited about uh, here on the podcast and in the lives of Mike and I talking about uh, an idea of having personal vision, having a dream for your life, and really pursuing uh, what God has called you to do in your life. So uh, before we jump in today, I do want to take a second and to encourage you uh, to subscribe to the podcast as we are continuing to grow uh, this platform of conversation. We just really encourage you uh, to subscribe so you can be in the know when we release content in the weeks to come. We're really excited about the fall. We have so many like really fun ideas and conversations that are on the way. So we encourage you to subscribe. Another thing that we encourage you to do is to share the podcast it is super helpful and starts so many good conversations, not only with us, but I believe uh, with you and your community around some of the things that we're talking about, because we do believe that the things that we are talking about matter. And the reason that we call uh, the podcast Just Think, uh, just as a quick way of review, if you weren't here uh, from the very beginning, is we are convinced that the problem uh, that we experience in our culture is not a lack of information, but it's a lack of the integration of the information uh, that we process on a day-to-day basis in our lives. So we're just glad that you're here. Uh, Mike, how are you feeling to be back on the podcast? Last episode, you were not here uh, behind the microphone. Your daughter sat in for you. How are you feeling about it? Well, right I was now? a little uh, a little nervous. I thought I got replaced. I was listening to you it. Didn't get was, replaced. It was, y'all were really, really good. I was Maddie like, wow. is awesome. Maddie's pretty good. I was, She's I, really smart. There was definitely some nuggets that I took down. I was especially intrigued, especially because the topic was about like these three disciplines mm-hmm. or these three practices. And one of them was to attend church, which was actually your idea. Um, and to listen to her explain why she attends the church where her dad preaches was, was really kind of like, okay, how's she going to answer this? Yeah, she did good. I, I loved that episode. It was super fun to record it. And it was funny. She kept getting on to me. She's like, hey, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, I hear a couple ideas, and then to begin, she even settled the podcast. She was like, "Y'all don't prepare a ton," <laughs> but we do. But we really want these conversations to be real, yep. and for them to have a purpose and have like a desired like bottom line and yeah. application piece. I mean, we really are committed to having real conversations yeah. with each other, and that's what we're intending to do today about this idea of personal vision yeah. and. To start our conversation today, for all of you that are listening, uh, this matters to you. Uh, Mike asked me before we started recording, uh, what question are you going to stump me with to begin today? And I'm throwing you under the bus right now because I, I, love, I love where we're going today. I'm really, really excited about it. And it's because it's something that I have struggled with the majority, if not all, of my life. All right, so here's your question. Okay. Are, you, are you ready? I'm ready. Can you tell our podcast community what it was like to go to Coffee with Carson about six or seven years ago. <laughs> uh, intense. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more. I'm giving you full so, permission. Just, just go for it. Carson, uh, I'll, talk, I'll talk about you as though you're not sitting in front of me. Carson is one of the most unique people that I've ever met. I always joke because it's in fact on your birthday, I posted on your birthday mm-hmm. and the picture I posted, you were about nine years old. And someone uh, commented and said, "Oh yeah, that's Carson. He was only fifty-five years old then. <laughs> so Carson, you've you've been this perpetually old soul yep. trapped in this body, like from the from as long as I've known yep. you. Driven, always had a plan. Always, you know, it's so funny because the power of personal vision was not your shortcoming. You're like sixteen years old, seventeen years old, nineteen years old, and you're sitting down with me, basically like, here's my plan, here's my vision." I got to get there. 
and how's this going to happen? And I, I'm like, okay, I don't have all the answers for you, you know. Uh, and you're, you're, you said it was so intensity would be the word that I would use. I would probably say annoying. No, you, you weren't annoying. Um, you, you were intense. You had, because annoying would have been if you didn't, if you hadn't thought about what you were mm. saying, if you were just ratting off ideas. Mm -hmm. You had thought things out. And your questions were very focused, almost like, almost like, if you can't help me do this, I'm gonna go find someone who can. And I'm like, okay, you know, kind of hold on, yeah, hold pretty, on. You're you're, yeah. you're you're 18, you're 17. You know, there's some pride and arrogance in that in that season <laughs> yeah. of my life. Yeah, I, you know what? That's an interesting. Well, and and here's I'll, I'll yeah. expound upon that. It was it was a little bit of pride and a little bit of arrogance in my plan. Sure. And it was it was rooted in ambition. Yeah. And I would say I still have lots of plans and lots of ambitions, right. but the way that I see them is entirely different. And what's so funny to me is we would sit there and you, and you would tell me, um, one day you're going to see ambition a little bit differently. Yeah. One day you're going to see your progress and your trajectory in life a little bit differently. Yeah. And you're not going to be quite as stressed about it. And I was like, Mike, you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm 18 years old. Right. I don't know if you know this, but I know. Everything. I got to. I got to get a move on too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like, felt like. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I. I. So many conversations. I was so worried about wasting my life and yeah. like missing out on yeah. different things. And man, oh man, like this is why I'm so excited to talk about this today, yeah. uh, because, <clears throat> and I. I laugh about it, and I look back, and I'm like, I'm so grateful uh, for the past several years of my life and the growth that I've been fortunate enough to have in my life. Yeah. And I'm far from having arrived anywhere, uh, but I'm so much better for our, a lot of those conversations where you were like, Carson, you're not seeing the full picture. Yeah. You're, you're, and you were so kind and so yeah. patient with me along the way. Uh, so today to kind of bring you back into this, uh, we're really going in this direction of like, how do we see the plans that we have in our life? How do we see the vision and the purpose that we have in our life? And I think oftentimes, a lot of us can be a lot like I was sitting at Port City Java across the table from you going, I have a plan or I want a plan and I want it executed the way that I think it should be right. executed. And we build lists and we build descriptions and we, we write down all these things that we want to achieve in our life, uh, but we run the risk of missing it. And, we, and I, I know that I was on a trajectory to miss it uh, because I didn't see how serving people, how loving people, how giving yourself away really makes the biggest difference in us finding our vision and finding our purpose on earth. And yeah. that's where you wanted to go today, which is what makes me so excited. Yeah. It was, and it's, it's kind of almost accidental because even back then, you know, uh, seven, eight years ago, I knew things cause I was driven, but, but, you know, and you, you mentioned the, you know, the arrogance and the, the uh, pride and some of that's the arrogance and the pride of youth, which we all have. Mm -hmm. I think what happens is, you know, and Carson, you may be the person to actually ask this, or answer this question. I'll kind of surprise you with a question as well. Um, but but I think what's important is when you when you when you don't um, when you're trying to develop personal vision. You know, it's not just our plans of what we want to do because when that happens, when you get so anxious and pressure packed about what we feel like we're supposed to do with our lives, we end up using people. Mm -hmm. And what what to me what what happened with you and I is you trusted me enough in those conversations. And it wasn't that I was like an old, wise, sage, mentor person. We, we just had a relationship mm -hmm. that we trusted each other. I trusted you, you trusted yeah. me. And this is even before, as you were starting to date Madison or Maddie. But, um, but what was interesting about that is that you, you 
I'm trying to know how to say this. You you end up using people and seeing them as a mean like, will this person mm-hmm. help me get where I want to yep. be? And what you end up missing is like the beauty of the relationships that get developed and then how you actually get to do things together. Because I have a feeling five years from now, we will be talking about this conversation based on things. We have no idea what's yep. ahead of us and where we will be. And it has nothing to do with us trying to pursue or, or, or execute on some plan that we've created. It really has to do with what we're trying to posture our lives mm-hmm. towards other people. And so the reason I was going to say this is a surprise question for you, because when I think of personal vision, um, I don't know that I ever met a, a, a kid as young as you with as much personal vision as you had. So what was it that that made you or, or flipped the switch or kept that, that vision that you had for your life from being so pressure-packed mm. to actually – becoming that, hey, I don't have to force this, but I can do something else. Yeah. I think a little bit of it came from, to, or to tell the story of where I am now, I've got to go back a little bit, I think. Uh, I grew up watching The West Wing, and <laughs> shout out to everybody who's ever watched the greatest TV show on planet Earth, uh, The West Wing. Uh, I Call me, and I will argue with you about it. I promise you it's the greatest show. It is so, so, so good. Uh, but the president in the show, uh, Jed Bartlett, he has the, this question he infamously infamously asks, and it's, what's next? And I remember like seeing that when I was really young going, oh, I love that. Like you're constantly on to the next thing, right? Like you, you get something done, right click, okay, it's done. I can save that and then I can move on. And I began to see my life as this like this pursuit of a destination of success. And what I've learned over the past couple of years, the closer I've gotten with people and the more that I've seen um, the reality of humanity, I'm learning that success is not a destination. It really is a journey. And the, the most successful life is a life that's lived passionately for people. Yeah. And I've learned that by just by the nature of individual relationships. There's not been a magic book that I've read there have been books that have contributed to who I am for sure that I would highly recommend people read. Uh, but it, it, there's not been a message that I watched. There's not been even like one exact conversation. It's been a thousand little conversations along yeah. the way that have, by the grace of God, <laughs> helped me get to where I am today. And I'm that now, like five years ago, the thought of this conversation, like five in five years, you're going to be way more relaxed. That would like make me mad. Like yeah. that would aggravate it, me. It really would. I can I can attest for that for sure. You would be like, hey, in five years, it's all going to be okay. And I'm like, no, it's not going to be okay. And here's why. Now I sit and I hear you say that, and I'm filled with joy. Yeah. I'm filled with anticipation. And I'm filled with gratitude for where I am today. Yeah. Because I've learned, like, I remember one time you told me, you said, things move so fast. And I was like, doesn't feel like it, Mike. Right. Like, I want to be moving on. And... I've learned that to be so, so true, yeah. to, to enjoy today fully yeah. and to enjoy everybody that's in my life today yeah. to the fullest. Yeah. So that's and one of the things I was going to say, I think this is what makes it so, to me, what makes me so excited about even like the next generation and you kind of representing that is that it's not, like I said, when I was saying earlier, it's not about being a wise, older, you know, kind of mentor. It's really about doing things together. And what you realize is the relationships, when they become uh, trusted, um, and you enjoy that, the, the things that you do together, you actually find a whole lot, uh, a lot more synergy and a lot more impact. And that's been the fun thing about the, just understanding and trying to, trying to pay attention to the generations is, is what you guys contribute. And honestly, you know, Carson, 
over the last two years in your journey is watching you go from being super driven and ambitious with these big visions for your life to really, in a really tangible way, way you've run a lot of our intern programs here and invested in a lot of you know um, students in different ways, is watching you give your your life away and watching you give um, tasks and jobs and responsibilities away and actually making you a better leader and a better empower and someone who becomes more um, important to, you know, to the team and to an organization. And, you know, you kind of see that and go, okay, you suspect this a few years ago and then you see someone actually go, okay, I'm going to really invest in people. And it didn't take away your ambition. It didn't take away your drive. It doesn't take away from the fact that you can be counted on to do something but what happens is you know that it's never going to be done at the expense of what actually matters, mm-hmm. which is the people that are around us, which actually has made our whole, and then that's happened from, you know, from you, it's happened from Clay, it's happened from uh, Sass and Brett. I mean, it's really sp- pervasive in our particular organization, but it's been really powerful to watch that empowerment of a generation actually affect who we are um, as a church and it's just it gave, gave me great encouragement and honestly incredible hope for uh, what lies ahead, what's mm-hmm. ahead of us. That's all very, very kind. I'm, I'm really grateful for your voice in my life and the way that our relationship really has been a, a catalytic friendship and relationship over the course of my life yeah. and helped me see people as people, not as projects yeah. or as a means to an end. And as we think about or a scorecard for how big your church is or how big whatever yeah oh my goodness I mean, what a shallow version of life that i never want to live in again I, I really want to always be in a place in my life where i'm seeing the person on the other side of the table as a story and as a person with feelings yeah. and a person with ambitions that i i want to be for yeah i want to be radically for them so anyway jumping um, back into kind of how do we really begin to like craft vision for our yeah. life that's healthy. Yeah. Like I think that that's a good disclaimer to put on it um, to where we are not running at the pace that I was trying to run at as, as a kid uh, running a thousand miles an hour and really missing the point along the way. Uh, talk about this idea of regret and yeah. how we walk you know, backwards in life. I, I'm really fascinated by how you, you wrote that down. Yeah, well, so it's, it's interesting. You mentioned the idea of healthy. When people talk about personal vision or personal call or anything like that, especially when they're young, really when any age, it always feels like pressure. It's like you're supposed to have the answer to the question, what am I supposed to do with my mm-hmm. life? That's what it always feels like. And what's interesting, I remember stumbling on this idea because I tend to be, I struggle with personal vision, especially early on, because I wanted to be an architect and, and I wanted to be this. And then when that wasn't, you know, what I felt like I was supposed to be doing or God was calling me to do, I immediately created another picture and then started, okay, God, here's what you have to do with my life. If, if, if I'm going to do this, this is how I want it to look. And it was really a lot of prying out of my fingers. And so many of you know, you know, I'm a New Year's resolutions junkie or was, and then um, we do my one word, we've, mm-hmm. which we've talked about. But what was interesting, whenever I noticed people's resolutions, they were almost based on regret. Like, you know, if you say, I want to be um, more organized, it's because you're really disorganized yeah. and you hate that about yourself. Or if you want to be in better shape, it's because, or, you know, a better diet or, you know, it's because you're not doing those things well. And that's what you ha- you regret those things about yourself. And what ends up happening is, is that we, we, we sort of all of our responses to the future are trying not to be what we've always been. 
you know, and it, the, the way that in my mind, the picture is that we end up walking into the future, walking backwards into the future, right? We're walking ahead, yeah. looking behind us, always running from the person that we don't want to become. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of people's personal vision comes from and regret, right? Obviously is a powerful thing. It can correct our behavior. Um, you know, you can say, well, I'm never doing that again because that hurt. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we alter our behavior so that never happens again, but we don't actually get to see something that compels us mm-hmm. forward into the future. And so that's really where the idea of those two things come from. And what I think we need, you know, when I think of vision, vision is a picture that compels me. Mm-hmm. It drives me to get up in the morning and no one can do that for me. And so I've just worked really hard um, on how to do that in my own life. Yeah. I love that, that image of walking backwards and, and what a, what a horrible way <laughs> to like be excited about anything yeah. than to turn your back to it. Yeah. Right. Like when you're, when you think about your future and you think about all the things you want to do and we are like, I think we do live in the rear view mirror a lot of times. And I think a lot of times in my life, I think the past gets to call a lot of the shots that I take in the future right. and really working to mitigate that really working to go, okay, can I, can I start a rhythm of asking myself the question, where am I looking right now? Right. Am, I, am I looking backwards or am I looking, fo- looking forward with hope? Meanwhile, wanting to continue to learn from what I experienced right. yesterday. It's not that we're just throwing it, uh, throwing it away because experience is helpful. Yeah. And, and, and learning from what happened yesterday is helpful. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I thought you and Maddie talked about when we were talking about learning, you were talking about just, you know, never stop learning is that it, it gets you outside of yourself. And that, mm-hmm. that becomes a really important thing. Like it's so funny because whenever you do something and whatever you do long enough and you start experiencing some success in it, success will always have its own sort of mirage. So like if you're building an organization, um, then it becomes about what started as like, hey, I want to, I want to, you know, empower people. I want to have a team. I want, and also the numbers. You start going, oh, we can do more sales mm-hmm. or more money, or we could have more people or more services or more campuses or whatever. It starts to drive, sure. and then everybody sort of looks at those metrics of success and they celebrate you because of those metrics of success. And you say, oh, that's what makes me successful. Mm-hmm. And what I've had to learn is I've got to keep my eyes fixed on what I consider to be my own personal vision, whether it's to be helpful. And even now, one of the things that's really important to me, I'm 50 years old, so I've kind of stated this 10-year goal that I want to really begin to transition the the leadership um, and the voice of Port City Community Church into the next generation. And so now what, what, what excites me is what, I, what gets me up in the morning is, and, and it's literally what we talked about earlier, just about the next generation and seeing things and empowering people. And it's terrifying mm-hmm. because um, you're letting people do things yep. that you would normally do, and they're going to do it in ways that you might not do it. But the beauty is, and this is, this is what we just have to be convinced of, that eventually they're going to do it better. Mm. And... Went and, and to be able to just celebrate that and get excited about it, I have to, so I have to fight my own tendency to be insecure and to go, well, they're not going to need me one day, mm-hmm. and they're going to do it, but, you know, and, and try to fight for my position. I've just got to trust that the more I let go of, the more I give of myself, the better things are going to be, and the more full mm-hmm. and alive I'm going to be in the process. Yeah, that's really good, and I, I think it's the words of somebody who is really seeking humility and seeking a genuine effort to like empower other people. And 
I th- I think it, this applies to everybody like uniquely because we are all walking in different circles and we our day to day all looks a little bit different. Right. Um, so how do you how do you recommend like somebody starting that conversation with themselves to go like what is my vision? What is my purpose? Like I'm thinking about uh, the person just riding in their car right now yeah. that's going like okay how do I put handles on this for my life? Like, how do I begin to think about this? Let, let me, so the one thing I'll make really clear is I am not by nature a very giving person. Uh, I have a lot of insecurity issues that I've, you know, was just, especially, you know, growing up where I, I mean, just a lot of things from my, just being small and, you know, just like more, most people, it's not abnormal, but just insecure. Yep. And when you're insecure, you kind of obsess over your own insecurities and then you start obsessing about what you're going to do and how you're going to matter. So everything just sort of gets more and more focused on mm-hmm. me and what I need and what I'm supposed to do. And then what you end up thinking, even though it's like I grew up in the church and grew up knowing you're supposed to give yourself away and love other people, you say, oh, when I get this, then I'll be able to give myself away, right? Mm-hmm. When I get my career organized, when I get my job, when I get married, when I get, when I get these things done, then I'll be able to actually give myself away. And you end up like obsessing about what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Uh-huh. Kind of your, you know, this is yep. a 17 year old Carson. Hey, this is my plan. Help yep. me uh, get, get on this. Right. And I remember noticing this and, you know, you're a part of this story and my kids, you know, my wife, Julie is forever sure. giving stuff away and, and, and genuinely so. And um, just because she sees things like this. So, so, you know, you're, you're around, I'm around this all the time. And I remember years ago, Maddie, we got our first job with an organization called Indojax Surf Camp. And Indojax is, uh, they, they do surf camp, but they also do a lot of charities uh, that includes uh, surfing lessons for the visually impaired, for the hearing impaired, mm-hmm. uh, for kids with autism, lots of different things. Yep. And Madison was interested in that because of her work with special needs and, and special education and other things. And so she got involved with them. So by default, because I love to surf, I got involved with them. And what was really interesting as I watched this, um, Maddie would go to work. She got paid. It was a good job. Um, but it was always involving offering yourself or extending yourself for mm-hmm. other people. And it was like she went from there to another organization that was kind of better on the same thing, an organization called Biddy and Bose, which is a coffee shop that's uh, designed to employ uh, those with intellectual uh, and developmental disabilities. Um, great mission, but she ended up working there. And so all these jobs are in this, this orientation of giving herself away. And I remember thinking, here's a kid who's kind of going from job, one job to the next job, about to graduate from college. And, it's, and, and she's not obsessing about her purpose, but she seems to be walking into it mm-hmm. in a really beautiful way. And this is, of course, my kids. So I'm a little bit biased. Sure. But it was there was never like, Dad, what am I going to do when I grow up? What am I going to do for a job? It was just... I keep being in situations where I give of myself authentically and all of a sudden I end up in places where I, so, you know, where, where I'm supposed to be and, you know, kind sure. of in quotes, I'm supposed to be. And so I remember thinking about this and kind of, and, and, and I look back and that's kind of my own journey, but it was this idea that if, you know, if we spend our time obsessing about what we're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. And what our purpose is, we're probably never going to find it. Mm. But if we arrange our lives to give our to give of ourselves, yeah, I don't know that you cannot not find it. Yeah. And what I'm seeing is it's so funny because I'm I'm you know and I'm looking at your story from where we were. It's so funny you asking that question because I remember and I I knew I'm like you know when you're like oh, I got I'm like you're going to get this like you are going to get this I know you are. 
And I'm pretty sure you had to beat it into me, though. Well, it, it maybe, <laughs> but 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 you but you, I knew it because if you you kept doing what you were doing, you kept trying to figure out how do you invest in others. I remember you say, you know, you got to value people, bring value to people. When you do that, you you can't avoid finding your purpose. Yeah. And so when you say how, you know, there's a couple of steps we can talk about in just a minute to close. But but it really is is just to actually get this into your into your being to believe that you are not going to find your purpose by obsessing over it. That's mm -hmm. only going to produce an anxiety laden existence. Yeah. You're going to be just constant pressure about whether or not what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing. But if you can really believe it to your bones that you don't find your purpose by obsessing about your purpose, you find your purpose by giving yourself away. I believe that is a switch mm -hmm. for how we actually live our lives and the kind of lives that we end up experiencing. I hope y'all were writing stuff down during that run just there because <laughs> that was <laughs> that was so good. And and something that you said in there I, I think is really important to know and to just pull out for just a second, uh, and it's the idea of genuinely serving others yeah. because I do think it's so easy for people to become a means to an end, and we, we begin manipulating um, conversations and circumstances sure. unintentionally. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody – or not – Anybody, I don't think the majority of people do it maliciously, uh, but I do think it's easy for us to kind of fall in that rhythm where it's like, okay, I'm going to serve you so that I can get here. Right. Because that's our default view. I mean, when right. you know, when you're sitting with me, as much as you care about me and love me, you can't help but to see me as the as person who form. can help you get where you want right. to be, and that's how we end up treating. And we each can't other. afford to see each other that way. Right. And I, I, one of the things that I've been writing about a little bit recently is the importance of like really understanding like good values. Like what are some things that I really want to govern my life? And yeah. we've talked about yeah. that a little bit. Another thing I'm learning about is the importance of rest um, and boundaries to be able to like really live from a healthy place, which is so unlike 17 year old. I'm about to say person. 17 year old. Like, so you, you might want to oh just. Oh my uh, goodness. Like if, if we could go back in time, he would be so mad right now that I'm saying this. <laughs> Uh, and then the third thing that I've been writing down a lot is really evaluating what are my motives and are they pure? Yeah. Like wh what, what's causing me to do what I'm doing right yeah. now? What, what's inside of me? What's that little voice in the back of my head saying? And, and is it worth my time? Right. Is it worth the calling that I've received to use that kind of description uh, that we find in the Bible? And I just think about the entire life of Jesus and how he just walked um, from town to town, from place to place, and constantly found new ways to serve people mm. and how intentionally was and how there's so many different examples of that throughout the way yeah. that his friends recorded yeah. it for us in the Bible. And I, I think that it requires us to slow down yeah. and especially in the world that we live in today. Yep. And that's, that's what, you know, the two things that you mentioned, one is I, I feel like w what Jesus said too is really important because he said, you know, the greatest, you know, you, you, you the world says greatness is by having power mm -hmm. And lording it over people and getting stuff done, yep. but I tell you that the greatness comes from serving. Yeah, and everybody kind of oh yeah yeah you know that's a, that's a good thing. That sounds and cool to like right. write on the wall, but, it, but it's, man, it's when it comes hard. to application. And I think one thing too, I would I would say to encourage you personally, Carson. I think you're really wise um, in how you think about rest now and paying attention to motives. One one of the things, and I think you do you do this and probably aren't even aware of it, but you have a lot of friendships, people that you trust that will actually help you do your mm -hmm. gut checks and your motive checks. And so when you're doing things and you're trying to discern, hey, am I, am I pushing this ahead? You have a lot of people who you trust to go, hey, no, that's actually, that's actually a legit motive. You know, mm -hmm. you're doing this for the right reasons. Or, hey, 
you might want to like here's a little here's a challenge a flag, flag on this on one. right right yeah. so it's I think just to be you know that that serving people and and arranging our lives in this um, is a is a hard thing and you need people around you because it's really easy. Um, like you said earlier, we don't do it maliciously, but when we get so focused and so afraid mm-hmm. that we're not going to get where we want to be. We just end up using people yeah. uh, un- very unintentionally. Yeah. Nothing limits perspective like fear That's or right. anxiety yeah. about your future. Yeah. And I definitely can see that now. Uh, for, uh, when, when I compare and contrast my mental health and the way that I see my future and the way that I see my ambitions today as to some of the journal recordings that I have, uh, shameless plug for journaling once again there uh, from when I was 17 it's it's like two different people right and that came from my proximity with people yeah. and really seeing people as as my my purpose yeah uh, so what are some steps that we can take what are some like really clear ways that we can apply this yes yeah, so I would give just really two I mean you obviously you know I'm a big fan of like my one word and and you know personal retreats and things that kind of pull us aside to, to help orient ourselves to get personal vision but I think the way it starts us thinking about this and trying to write it down the first thing is don't freak out mm. um, I meet so many people who are terrified and like you said everything just gets worse with fear they're terrified that they're not going to do the one thing that they're called to do. Mm-hmm. And which I think it's pretty similar to like finding the perfect person. The, yeah. Like the the, there's, on, there's only one person out of 8 billion people in this world. That is for me. Yeah, your better chances of winning the lottery than finding that. Right. <laughs> Cause I do, I think it's a misnomer that we have this idea that, you know, you're supposed to be this one job, this, and, and although they're, they're like, I believe this is what I'm made to do. You know, I would, I would never say that if I couldn't do something else and still bring the same kind mm-hmm. of calling to it, I think that I could. Um, but, but this, you know, we, and what happens is a lot of our, you know, we talk the thing about just think to, to really process things. A lot of times the idea of personal vision actually, you know, creates this pressure because now you, personal vision means you have to know what you're supposed to be doing. And I think you've got to, you know, first of all, is not freak out. And once you stop obsessing about whether or not you're going to find the single thing mm-hmm. that you're created to do, you can actually begin to seek it out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, seek with a K, not C, but seek it. And when you start to look for something, like a lot of personal vision isn't about knowing what you're supposed to do. It's actually about asking questions about what you're supposed yeah. to do and asking better questions and the questions that we that we tend to ask tend to be more like, what am I going to do with my life? And it often ends up becoming more of a declaration of frustration that we're not doing right. it rather than a genuine question. And to say, okay, Lord, what would you, what you know, whether if you're praying, right, Lord, what would you have me mm-hmm. to do? But more than that, it starts to be about, Lord, how do you want me to arrange my life? And, mm-hmm. and so the first thing is kind of don't freak out. And the second thing, and I think the question isn't really about what you should do with your life, but rather how can you add value mm-hmm. to the people and to the organizations or to the circumstances that you were you were in? Yeah. And to see yourself as having something valuable to bring to those moments and to the circumstances. I think when you begin to arrange your life to think like that, to act like that, to express yourself like that, you're going to f- begin to answer the question about, well, then what would you do with that? Yeah. And I think that the temptation in this is to make it more complicated than it's got to be. Yeah. And just simply asking yourself, 
who can I serve that's in my life? That could be taking the trash can in for your neighbor. Right. That like go across the street. Yep. Like it doesn't have to be in the corporate office. It doesn't have to be halfway around the world. It it can really start by just doing a simple act of kindness yep. to help frame your perspective, to help remind yourself, my, I'm I'm not in this world just for me. Yeah. I'm in this world for the people around me. And I think those small acts like really do help us frame yeah. our perspective. I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago and he was just he was so stressed and he's struggling so deeply and he's been like this for a while. And every time he comes in, um, he he's just he, he just unloads mm-hmm. on me. And which I'm which I'm grateful, right? I'm not, it's not but he just yep. unloads. And and he, and I said I said, You you need to do something for for another person. Mm. And he goes, I, I, you know, basically came up with some excuse. And I said, you, you've talked to me every week for the last eight or nine weeks, right? And he said, yeah. I said, tell me, tell me how I'm doing. Hmm. And he's like, I, I, I don't even know. I said, and you don't know because why? I said, because you don't ask. Yeah. And it's interesting that when we get, we get stuck in these cycles about trying to figure our own lives out, we literally forget that other people around us and so as a discipline you know i had to do this years ago because i do like to talk um and like most people you know we enjoy talking about ourselves right so i've I've had to discipline myself that to make sure that when i go into especially people who um, i may not know is to go my you know they're going to be asking me questions about the church and Mm -hmm. what we do and all that which is which is a super flattering thing i'm very grateful that people are are interested and very kind to me in that way but to discipline myself to turn the conversation to them Mm -hmm. and to learn what, how are they doing? What are they thinking? What are they contributing? So that I, so that I stay in that posture, remind myself that other people really, really, really matter um, to God and they, they, and they matter to me. And I want my heart to increasingly be inclined towards the, the needs and towards the, um, the value of other people. Yeah, that's really good. And I'm learning. It's a, it's a, it's a learning. Well, and I think there's a beauty in that, that we are constantly growing and, and, and really seeking, like you said, like the, the next best thing in our life and, and not allowing that statement to be what I made it several years ago of like this, this high octane pursuit right. of just saying, okay, I'm going to be present and I'm going to really seek to see what yeah. the Lord has for me. And all meanwhile, I'm going to be available to the people that I have in my life. And, and the and, disclaimer, right, I think is probably obvious, but this is this is not for lazy people. Like, it's not like you going, well, you know, I'm, I mean, if you're lazy, that's a different conversation. This is for people sure. who tend to be, who tend to feel a lot of pressure um, to be somewhere other than where they are, to have things figured out, and instead to recognize that the way in which we can um, enjoy and, and find our purpose is actually by giving ourselves away. Yeah, that's good. Well... I'm really, really grateful for this conversation today, and I really hope that it encouraged you no matter where you are or what journey that you find yourself on. And today, just we really want to leave you with that question is who can you add value to uh, and how can you add value to them? And really don't overcomplicate it. Make it really, really simple and really just uh, seek to encourage and be a fan of somebody in your life. And we really believe that it will make a really, really big difference in the way that you see your life and the way that you see your future. So thank you again for joining us on the Just Think podcast. We'll see you back here on the podcast really soon.